Hey, this is Caleb from Everything Burrito Productions. I wanted to tell you all about the Everything Burrito podcast. The Everything Burrito has something for everyone, like cute animals or serial killers, Nick Cage or Nazis, man-eating lions or swashbuckling Vikings. You get the picture. If there is a story to tell, the Everything Burrito is there to tell it. So come hang out with Gabe and I every Friday. Listen to the Everything Burrito podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sunday night football. Jackson takes it himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. Now he's got an entourage. And he's Now listening to NFL Picks with Gabe. Welcome to the podcast. It's week 17 and it's an everything burrito production. Uh, last week we had another tough week, seven and eight straight up, six and nine against the spread for the season. Still maintaining that one game above 500 against the spread, 108 and 107. And then straight up we're 140 and 74 straight up in our games. So uh, you know, we, we want to continue to keep our head above water here, hoping for a surge as we come into playoff time. We're like that, that team that kind of rallies late and, and brings it all together in time for that Super Bowl run. So that's what we're going to try to do as a podcast here. We got a lot of games to get to everybody active for this week 17 game. Uh, so we, we've got to get rolling on our picks. And so let's get right into it. Uh, Pittsburgh at Cleveland is our first game. And in this one, it is going to be the Mason Rudolph versus Miles Garrett revenge game. <laughs> now, I don't know who's getting revenge on who or, you know, really, I don't know who's to blame for that whole thing. Um, so I'm not going to speculate on that. But as far as this game in general goes, uh, you know, I like Cleveland quite a bit. And the reason I do is because, yeah, Mason Rudolph is going to be starting for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Mason Rudolph's a terrible quarterback, but that's not really the problem. Roethlisberger uh, really hasn't been playing that great either, although he, he looked good in the last half of that, that game against the Colts as, as they came back there. Um, but really, uh, Mason Rudolph being the starter in this game just signals that Pittsburgh's kind of waving that white flag on the year. Uh, they're not super into this whole playoff seeding thing. They don't care that much. Cleveland, on the other hand, they're going to be highly motivated. Uh, and they're going to be motivated for a number of different reasons. First off, uh, Cleveland, in order to get into the postseason, needs their, it's a win and they're in kind of scenario here for the Browns. So they're going to need to win it. So Baker Mayfield is going to be fired up. Uh, Miles Garrett is absolutely going to be fired up going against uh, Mason Rudolph uh, and, and, and this Steelers team. And the Steelers, um, because they're kind of waving that white flag on, on Roethlisberger, I would be surprised if we saw a lot of their impact players uh, play deep into this game, even if they do start. Like, for instance, Cameron Hayward. Are you really going to risk injury to one of the top defensive linemen in the NFL who is aging? You know, he's a little older. Are you going to risk injury to him in a game that your, your coach has basically signaled this is meaningless? That's why we're starting Mason Rudolph. So I, I think it's very likely that you see a number of different Steelers sitting for this game. And with, with the Browns, they're, they're going to be motivated, like I said. So, um, you know, you're going to see people like Nick Chubb uh, get get a big workload. 
Uh, another thing for the Browns, uh, their wide receivers will be able to suit up for this game. There were some COVID scares last week, so Donovan Peoples-Jones and Jarvis Landry and Richard Higgins were all out. Um, so that was crazy, and then they lost that game to the Jets for that reason. So, you know, I, I look at this, this Browns team, yes, they've been a little up and down. The Steelers uh, looked dead in the water and came back to life last week. Um I don't really read a lot into last week's results as far as this game goes, though, because the Browns, like I said, uh, they're going to be uh, on their game and the Steelers are basically ready to concede it from the start. And and I really don't expect to see much from Mason Rudolph. And and I I just I think the Browns are going to win this one. So then it's just a question of by how much. And I I still think that Steelers defense is stingy. Um, so I'm, I'm saying Cleveland's going to be limited a little bit. So I'm going Browns 21, Steelers 13. Uh, I don't think Rudolph is going to be able to lead that offense to much scoring at all. So we're going to go, uh, yeah, 21, 13 Browns. And that means that we're taking the Browns to cover the six and a half point spread that they have as favorites in this one. Um, all right. So Miami at Buffalo, um, this is this is another interesting game because uh, we don't really know how Sean McDermott's going to play this. Again, all these all these Week 17 matchups, a lot of them are like, okay, so is this game meaningful? And there's very few games that are super meaningful to both sides. Um, this game has potential meaning for both teams, but we're not really sure what Buffalo coach Sean McDermott's approach is going to be in this one. He probably... Uh, you know, keeps Josh Allen in and, and really uh, tries for the victory um, it, quite a bit in this one. We'll see. Um, you know, and I love Buffalo in that case because the Bills are really rolling. And I, I don't know that it matters who they're going up against right now. Uh, Josh Allen is just on his game. Their their offensive line is protecting well. And, you know, a- Allen's just hitting that next level of offensive production where, uh, it doesn't really matter the defense that he's going against, which is good uh, because, you know, I, I really like the Dolphins defense. Um, I'm on record as saying I really like the Dolphins defense. And uh, yeah, I, I trust them a lot. But going up against this Buffalo team, the only thing we can do is kind of look at this and say this is going to be the starters because uh, the Bills defense is really still probably their calling card. So, you know, with with that in mind, and thinking about a Miami team that they vacillated between Tua Tagovailoa and Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I can't blame them for that. You know, Brian Flores has always made the right call as far as his quarterbacks go. Uh, brought in Fitzpatrick last week uh, for for the miracle victory. Uh, Tua struggles against good defensive coaches, and Sean McDermott is certainly that. So if Tua is starting this one and finishing this one, you know, I certainly see a, a Bills victory in the offing. But there's just so much that's unknown here. And that's why I like to take the underdog. I like to take the underdog because we don't know if it's it's going to be Tua or, or Fitzpatrick, right? So if, if it is Fitzpatrick, I, I like uh, I like the Dolphins just a little more against a, an experienced defense. That's not a slight on Tua. It's just an acknowledgement that he's young and he's going up against a good defensive coordinator. Uh, the other unknowns, how long is Josh Allen going to play? How long is is the Bills, uh, you know, how long are their, their good defensive players going to stay in the game? If Sean McDermott decides to kind of punt on this one and say, hey, this game doesn't matter that much, and the Dolphins are the team that really, really needs this victory, you know, and we know they're going to keep fighting for it. So, you know, if it were, if all things being equal, 
I like the Bills a ton in this game, but because of the implications of these these different things that could happen with people being benched or you know just just the unknowns here, um, I'm taking Miami to keep it close. Um, so so that's that's my safety on this one. So I, I'm going Bills 27, Dolphins 23. Miami is four and a half point underdogs, so we're taking Miami to cover uh, the spread. Wouldn't be surprised at all to see Miami win this one straight up. Uh, Atlanta at Tampa Bay. Um, this game, we, we actually saw these two teams play just a couple weeks ago. And in that game, uh, Atlanta got off to an early lead, but then Tom Brady went scorched earth uh, on the Falcons secondary. You know, it's pretty likely we see the same thing. Brady is rolling right now. And... You know, Atlanta, for, for as, as feisty as they've been about kind of just staying in games and seeming to just continue to try, I just, boy, this team has been beat down this year in so many ways. Uh, it's just been an emotionally tough season for the Falcons squad. Uh, since it's week 17, and, and really, like, the season's done, okay? So, you know, this year we've always been about, like, is Julio playing, is he not? Uh, so it doesn't matter in this one because uh, I really think week 17 means that they're probably going to sit Julio. Uh, so so no Jones. Ridley has played very, very well. Um, their running game has been non-existent. Um, poor Todd Gurley. Uh, you know, he's, he's just done, isn't he? Um, and you're going up against the Tampa Bay defensive front. That, that's nasty. I mean, Tampa Bay's defensive front can get after the quarterback. And, and you saw that against the Lions. Uh, their secondary can be exploited, and I'm sure that you know Matt Ryan will find his spots that way. Uh, no doubt about it. Ryan's an experienced quarterback, and he can exploit a very young, very mistake-prone secondary for the Buccaneers. Uh, but it's not going to be enough to keep up with Tom Brady. Uh, Brady's weapons are overwhelming uh, on this team, and if you just look at the momentum that the Buccaneers are building before the postseason, uh, they're a threat, and they're a legit. Super Bowl contending team, and I think that you'll see that play out again in this one. Uh, taking the Buccaneers uh, to win this 37 to 20 over the Falcons, I, I don't anticipate it being a close game at all. And so we got Tampa Bay uh, covering that six and a half points that they're favored by, and, and getting the straight up victory in this one. Uh, Minnesota at Detroit is an interesting game, divisional matchup here, meaningless game for both teams. And again, you're just looking at so much going on where there's so many unknowns. And where there's a lot of unknowns, again, I like to take the side of the underdog. So, uh, spoiler alert, we're taking the Lions here uh, to, to cover. Um, the Lions are 7.5-point underdogs. That's a, that's a pretty big spread, and especially so uh, given the fact that uh, Eric Kendricks, um, we don't know if he's back. And, and again, it's week 17. Are you really bringing back Eric Kendricks? To play in a meaningless game. You saw what the Vikings run defense looks like without Eric Kendricks when Alvin Kamara uh, ran for six touchdowns, set an NFL record and ran for six touchdowns against this Vikings defense. That's what they look like without uh, a superstar middle linebacker in Eric Kendricks, which was the glue holding together this very tenuous defense. Um, so yeah, no Eric Kendricks. Uh, Dalvin Cook is is not going to be suiting up in this one, so that means Alexander Madison. I like Madison, but uh, or you know it might not even be Madison, it might be Hughes or uh, I mean uh, Boone. We don't know, but um, really in this one, 
there, there's so many variables there. And I understand like for, from Detroit's perspective, you know, we've, we've kind of speculated. We're not sure if this is going to be Stafford, you know, all season long, we've talked about Kenny Galladay. Yeah. There, there's some questions on Detroit side of the ball too, but uh, seeing the Saints recipe for rolling up 50 points in the Vikings last week, uh, I would think that Daryl Bevel says, uh, and maybe this isn't Daryl Bevel because I think maybe he's in COVID protocol or something. Uh, but anyway, I would think whoever's running the offense would say, you know what, let's uh, let's have either Chase Daniel or Matthew Stafford, whoever's starting at quarterback for the Lions in this one, let's have them just hand the ball off to, to DeAndre Swift uh, about 30 times and see where that goes. And I think that it's going to have some success. So again, uh, neither team really has anything to play for. Uh, I kind of am speculating that uh, the Vikings team seems to have quit a little bit on Mike Zimmer. He was very frustrated with them uh, after last week, said this is the worst defense he's ever had, kind of ranting and raving there. And, uh, you know, I don't think Zimmer is is getting fired or anything but it does seem like his team just kind of lacks an energy with him right now so i'm actually going to take the lions in an upset special to win this one straight up despite being seven and a half point underdogs uh we're going lions 28 vikings 26 uh so yeah taking the lions win it straight up win against the spread um all right baltimore at cincinnati cincinnati kind of has come out of nowhere (laughs) to win a couple games here uh, Brandon Allen is quarterbacking this team and Cincinnati's not bad. You know, look, they're, they're, they're gritty. They're tough. They're hanging in there. They're really overmatched, um, here specifically, they're very overmatched. And the, the Ravens have been just destroying inferior competition week after week, Jacksonville, New York. This is what Jack uh, Baltimore is doing. And much like the, the Buccaneers, you're looking at a Baltimore team that's surging as the postseason approaches. Uh, Lamar Jackson is finally looking like the Lamar Jackson of old. And again, I, I, I say that with the idea that basically I'm, I'm saying his supporting cast is actually picking him up a little bit instead of tearing him down. Um, and I don't think Lamar Jackson has been the problem here throughout the season. Um, but yeah, you know, like uh, their offensive line has been playing uh, much, much better. Uh, Des Bryant has made an impact. Uh, Mark Andrews is somebody that, that can come up big here. Uh, Hollywood Brown. Uh, and of course, those backs, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Edwards has been playing like a maniac uh, in, in recent weeks. So yeah, I mean, Baltimore is just a team that's going to roll here. And their defense is better than their offense. Uh, the Baltimore defense is really, really going to step up here, I, I anticipate. And I know, I mean, Samaje Pirine had a, had a really nice run last week, and, and he's talented enough. But I mean, this Baltimore defense, uh, they're they're just gonna overwhelm Cincinnati. Cincinnati still has problems blocking up front, and I know you you really didn't see that last week because Houston has such an anemic defense. So you know, I, I think that we kind of got a false impression of who the Bengals are based on their matchup uh, with the Texans. And uh, the, the Ravens really have been showing us who they are over the last few weeks, going up against very inferior competition, but they've been doing what they, they need to, blowing them out of the water. So uh, we're taking the Ravens in this one. We're saying 33 to 13 over the Bengals. Pretty st- uh, heavy line here, 11 and a half point favorites the Ravens are. Uh, so we have them covering that spread and, and winning it straight up. Uh, it takes us to Dallas at the New York Giants. Um 
Dallas has surprised me in, in recent weeks. I wasn't anticipating this team to have this kind of bounce back. And, you know, a big part of that is Andy Dalton seems to be getting comfortable with his targets. And, you know, you, you saw that last week against Philly. Um, he had nice connections with Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and Michael Gallup, getting all of them involved. And I really think that's the key to this game. Um, the Dallas offensive line seems to be playing a little bit better, and that, that's a big deal. Uh, the, the New York defense, and I keep saying this, yeah, they're a little underrated, uh, but at the same time, you got enough firepower for the Cowboys that uh, really, I, I, I like Dalton because he's developing that chemistry with his receivers and, and they're coming together. And I think that passing game is going to be the thing that, that powers the Cowboys in this one. Uh, on the other side of the ball, uh, the Giants offense has struggled. And a big part of that is Daniel Jones not being fully healthy or being out altogether and having Colt McCoy starting. Um, but that's a huge, huge factor. And really, we don't know how Daniel Jones is doing until you see him out there on the field. You don't really know uh, what's happening with Daniel Jones. So again, we there's a little bit of an unknown there, and, and I don't like unknowns. Um, so so when you're trying to predict this game, I think you gotta you gotta think about Daniel Jones as who he was last week. I think you can't project too much improvement, which uh, is if that's who he is, he doesn't have the mobility to get away from the Dallas pass rush, which is really the only thing their defense has going for them. Um, but yet it, it's a way that they match up well with the Giants. And so I, I actually like the Cowboys in this one. And I mean, I feel I feel weird about that because I've been kind of anti-Cowboys for a while here. I feel like they've been under un, uh, overrated for quite a bit. Uh, but at this point, I, th- I think that they're finally kind of connecting the dots and, and getting getting things together. Um, so yeah, I'm taking the Cowboys to win this one straight up. Um, going uh, Cowboys 27, Giants 20. Dallas is favored by two and a half points, so we're we're taking them against the spread as well. Uh, let's talk the New York Jets at the New England Patriots. The New York Jets have a little win streak going on. They're uh, they're they're starting to really really get rolling here. Um, in all seriousness, the the Jets are a terrible team. But they might have found this is this is the worst matchup of the week. Let me say that these are two of the worst teams in the NFL. I I love the way Belichick coaches his teams, but this Patriots team is so devoid of talent at this point that they are one of the worst teams in the NFL. Cam Newton cannot help them. They are Newton seems like he's injured first off, and you know Newton's one of these guys. He's a warrior. I respect Cam a ton. He's a warrior. He'll fight through anything. Um, but when he's injured and he's not right, oh, he is he's just not a good quarterback. And you're going up against the Jets defense that, you know, they can be exploited. It's not like they have a good secondary or anything, but they have a good defensive line. They can get some push up front. And look, the, the Patriots offensive line is solid, but that only matters so much. The Patriots offensive line gets a nice push in the run game. Uh, unfortunately for the Patriots, that's the Jets' defensive specialty is stopping the run. The Jets dare you to beat them through the air, which the Patriots are just not going to be able to do. And the reason they're not going to be able to do it is because, A, uh, Newton just does not have that in him right now uh, to win a game with his arm. And B, uh, the Patriots' targets are absolutely abysmal. Uh, The Patriots do not have a reasonable option at tight end. 
Um, what are the, their tight ends have like less than a hundred yards on the year or something crazy like that. Um, you know, the outside receivers, uh, just, just are not getting it done. Keel Harry is a bust so far. I'm saying, uh, Jacoby Myers and, you know, it's just really not getting it done uh, on that end of it. Now, you know, given I, I don't expect Sam Darnold to have a great game against a Bill Belichick defense that, that has Stefan Gilmore going. I get that. Um, but at the same time, it, you know, this, this Jets team has been bringing it together. I like Denzel Mims quite a bit. You know, this is a weird thing to say, um, but, I, but I'm taking the Jets to win this one straight up. Uh, New England's favored in this one by three and a half points. So, yeah, we, we're taking the Jets in an upset special. Uh, I just don't think New England has enough firepower even to hang in there. And even though I don't think the Jets are going to score many points either, I'm going to go Jets 16, Patriots 13. And so we're, we're taking the Jets uh, in an upset special to, to cover the spread and win straight up. All right, uh, let's talk Las Vegas at Denver. Uh, the Broncos are a team that, that have been really hard to predict for me this year. Um, I've, I've really been frustrated by this Broncos squad. The second that I'm on board with them, it seems like they just kind of bail out and um, they're, they're not good. And then the second I think, oh, this is just a terrible team, then they, they prove me wrong. They're, they're showing like, hey, we have potential yet. Um, this Raiders squad is, is just going to be deflated in this game, I, I have a feeling. Um, they, they had playoff aspirations. Uh, they looked like a playoff team for much of the season and they just kind of let it slip away in these past few weeks. And Denver's defense is solid enough. And I I think that they're going to really, really hang in there. Um, I, I like this Denver defense. And even though I, you know, I know they can be exploited a little bit in certain areas, but they have some playmakers out there defensively. That's a big deal. And I just, I don't think you're going to see a highly motivated Raiders team. Um, I like the Raiders weapons. I mean, Hey, you know, Henry Ruggs is, is got game breaking speed. And you saw the same thing from, from Nelson Aguilar last week. Absolutely game breaker. Uh, on the other side of the ball, uh, you got Drew Locke who, you know, we, we say this about Drew Locke. We don't know which Drew Locke's showing up. Well, my best guess is this. He's going to give the Denver Broncos front office a glimmer of hope coming into the offseason. So I expect to see Drew Locke maybe play his best football in week 17. He's got his back against the wall. He needs to show them that he's capable of being a franchise quarterback and, uh, you know, stave off them seeking somebody else out in in free agency or the draft next year. Um, It's a young Denver team. Uh, Jerry Judy had a really tough week last week. Um, and, and, you know, I, I could see a bounce back there. Uh, you know, I could see uh, Locke going deep to Tim Patrick and developing that that further chemistry with Noah Fant. So, yeah, you know what? I like the Broncos in this one. I just feel like mentally uh, they've got more to play for than, than the Raiders do, um, which means I think that the Broncos are going to hang tight with them. I think the Raiders are still a much, much better team. So I could I could see the Raiders escaping with a with a very narrow victory, and that's what I'm going with. I'm going to say uh, Raiders 24, Broncos 23. Uh, the Broncos are uh, two and a half point underdogs, so we have them covering that very tight spread, and we have the Raiders winning straight up. Uh, Arizona at the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, this is a really weird matchup because both starting quarterbacks are dealing with injury problems. 
Uh, now, Kyler Murray had a leg injury. Everybody's kind of downplaying that, saying it's no big deal. We'll see. Murray with a leg injury means that he's not going to be able to use his full mobility, which is an issue because you're going up against a, a Rams defense that's very, very good. In fact, they're they're one of the top defenses in the NFL. Um, so that's a big deal. And I could see Arizona being a little limited because of that. Uh, but I don't know how much that'll matter because Jared Goff's out. Now, uh, Jared Goff being out of the game, you know, Goff is not great. Um, but he is definitely preferable to John Wolford. And you know what? I Maybe I'm underrating Wolford, but again, it's that thing we don't know. We don't know who John Wolford is making his first career start. And, you know, really, we can't expect too much of him. So in this one, the Rams are favored with a quarterback making his first career start. I, you know, going up against Kyler Murray, who I think will definitely play. And basically, this is what I'm I'm totally hedging my my prediction on. You got a healthy, well, not a healthy Murray. You got a Kyler Murray who will play versus a quarterback making his first career start. Now, you know, who do you like better in that matchup? I am taking Kyler Murray to to gut it out, to have a, a good enough performance to get it done, and I'm taking that Arizona defense to, to be confusing enough, even with a McVay coached quarterback, um, you're probably looking at a quarterback making his first career start struggling a little bit. So in, in this one, you know, I'm taking the cards. I'm, I'm taking the Cardinals. It's an upset special because I'm, I'm taking them to win straight up, even though they are one and a half point underdogs. Uh, so I'm taking the Cardinals to win it 21 to 16 over the Rams. Sock the Saints at the Panthers. Um, you know, okay, so we addressed it earlier. Alvin Kamara, six rushing touchdowns uh, against the Vikings. That was insane. And, you know, he's he's rolling. That's great. Um, he's going up against a, a Carolina defense that, you know, they, they have their issues. Um, but at the same time, this Panthers defense is, they're young, they're, they're, they're playmakers. I mean, they can give up some big plays too. Uh, but they're, they're young playmakers. They've got some guys that can really win in the trenches. I like this Panthers defense a lot. I like them more like next year or a couple years down the road. Um, but Kamara is not going to have the same type of performance uh, against this Carolina defense. Carolina uh, will stop the run a fair degree. You know, uh, guys like Derek Brown and Shaq Thompson, you know, Jeremy Chin coming up out of the secondary and into the box. That's going to help Carolina a ton. And Carolina offensively, Teddy Bridgewater can put up a few points. Um, You know, Teddy's maybe not a franchise quarterback. I think maybe we've seen that this year. You know, it's not that he's incompetent. He's he's in the upper echelon of average quarterbacks, if that makes sense. Um, But he's, he's not, he's not next level or anything. But, but I think he can put up a few points. Mike Davis, you know what? Mike Davis is pretty much the Teddy Bridgewater of running backs. Um, he's a guy that, that can that can step in. He's not a guy you build around, but he's a guy who can step in and do a little bit. So Christian McCaffrey won't be in this one. It'll be Mike Davis. That's okay. Carolina can hang in there. Uh, this comes down to Drew Brees. Is it the old Drew Brees? Or is it Drew Brees that has looked very limited, uh, that hasn't looked like himself, that's made some some key turnovers? And that's the thing. I think uh, what, what you see is what you're going to get. Uh, with Drew Brees. So I, I don't think Brees is back. And frankly, I don't know that that Brees 
I don't know that he's the guy anymore uh, with the Saints. Um, you know, I hate to question him too much, but I really can't see Breeze in his current state uh, leading a team uh, to the Super Bowl. And in this one, you know, I think the the Saints will do enough to get by Carolina, but I see the Panthers keeping this one close. Um, so you know, I'm taking the Saints to win it. Uh, let's say 20 to 17 over Carolina. Carolina's a six and a half point underdogs. So yeah, we'll we'll take the the Panthers to hang in there and keep a close eye on Drew Brees, his performance, and we'll see how how itchy. Uh, Sean Payton's trigger figure finger is on uh, bringing bringing back Taysom if need be. Um, we'll see. I don't think that'll happen, but uh, you know it'll it'll be interesting leading into the playoffs uh, where Breeze has some limitations and, and hasn't looked great. He's looked a little rusty coming back. Uh, it takes us to the Los Angeles Chargers at the Chiefs. Um, so. This is an interesting game. You know what? No, it's not. Not an interesting game. And the reason it's not interesting is because there's no Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid is not going to really care about this game. The Chiefs have their their spot completely wrapped up. And we've seen this happen before where a really, really good team starting their backup quarterback, uh, that being Chad Henney in this one, a really good team starting their backup quarterback can really roll it up on another team. I just I don't foresee that happening because the Chiefs engine is so driven by Mahomes uh, that when you put Chad Henney in there, you you just completely undercut everything you're doing. Um, so yeah, I just I don't I don't see the Chiefs being even competitive in this one. I feel like and, and this is you have to speculate on these kind of games. It's not that I think the Chargers are an overwhelmingly better team than the Chiefs. Uh, that's not my thought at all. I just think that you know they're. The Chiefs are going to mail it in. Um, again, it's kind of like the Steelers starting Mason Rudolph. It's it's like that's a signal to the whole rest of the team. Yeah, we don't care about this game, guys. Like, don't worry about it. So again, you know, I expect to see the Chiefs pulling important players like Chris Jones and Teron Matthew on defense. Um, you know, maybe getting some of their their top level offensive players out of the game like Tyreek Hill and Mitchell Schwartz and those kind of guys. Um, you know. And for the opposition, I mean, the Chargers are super excited to be able to come in and beat this Chiefs team. Justin Herbert is a rookie quarterback, and he will love to come in and exploit a secondary for for Kansas City that's already looked like it has some holes in it. And then especially if you're taking out, you know, Bashad Breland and letting him sit and things like that. So we'll see um, what what Reed decides to do as far as sitting guys go. But, um, you know, I really like the Chargers in this spot. I think that, you know, they, they can roll up a, a really nice victory over the Chiefs. Um, it's not a reflection of the talent on these two squads, uh, but but I think, you know, Herbert's excited to get rolling in this one, and, you know, he's going to he's gonna pass the ball down the field uh, to, to Guyton and Mike Williams and his guys, you know, and, and the Chargers on defense, too, have some nice corners. They can lock you down out there with you know, Casey Hayward, um, they're, they're, they're a good team. They're a good team. Um, they've underachieved a lot this year, but <clears throat> they have the talent uh, both on both sides of the ball to be able to, to win pretty easily when Kansas City's mailing it in. So I, I like the Chargers in this one. I'm going 31 to 23 over the Chiefs. The Chargers are favored by three and a half in this one, and, and I'm comfortable taking them uh, to cover that spread and to get the easy victory in this one. 
Let's talk Green Bay at Chicago. Uh, you know, this this matchup right here means a lot for both both teams. And Green Bay uh, may, maybe had the, the, the victory last week that demonstrated the most that this team was, hey, this is a Super Bowl contender. Um, and they, they, did, they demolished Tennessee. And, you know, I really think in this game, this is the game where Mitchell Trubisky gets exposed. You know, he, he's had some good weeks uh, recently. He's been going up against some poor defenses. David Montgomery's helped him out tremendously as a running back. Uh, you saw the Green Bay defense shut down the Tennessee Titans offense last week. You saw Ryan Tannehill really struggle. Uh, Derrick Henry was was more or less grounded. Uh, Chicago's not going to do better than, than what Tennessee did. And Trubisky, Trubisky's just not good. You know, everybody wants to spread this agenda that, oh, oh, you just give him a shot. No, Trubisky is an awful quarterback. You cannot build around this guy. I'm not saying, like, is he the worst? No. Um, he's a serviceable backup. You know, that's what Mitchell Trubisky is. He's a guy who can give you a spark off the bench and have a little athleticism. That's who he is. He is not your franchise quarterback. And he's going to get exposed here because Green Bay has been getting pressure uh, defensively. Uh, last week, their secondary did a tremendous job. It's not just Jair Alexander anymore. It's, you know, it's Kevin King, it's Adrian Amos, and it is Darnell Savage, who's been playing out of his mind. Uh, now they brought in Snacks Harrison further. We'll stop the run. And you're looking at Aaron Rodgers, who is having as historically good of a season as we've seen an NFL quarterback have. Um, you know, I think the only two things I can compare it to are 2018 Mahomes and Rodgers himself in 2011. Um, now you got A.J. Dillon rolling for this Green Bay offense. Now they have a power run game element along with Aaron Jones, along with Alan Lazard, along with MVS, along with Devontae Adams, along with Robert Tunyon, and a healthy offensive line and a line that's been just, just really, really protecting Rodgers well. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that this one has all the tra trappings of something that's going to be a Green Bay blowout. Now, I, I want this to be one of those classic Green Bay Chicago end of season matchups that come down to a single score. And maybe it will be, uh, but I, I don't see it rolling that way. Um, I'm going Packers 35, Bears 23 on this one. Packers easily covering that five and a half point favorite spread uh, and getting the straight up victory as well. Uh, Seattle at San Francisco. Um, so Seattle's a highly motivated team, uh, and they, they are surging defensively. Jamal Adams is back to his old self. Uh, Carlos Dunlap has made a big impact on their defensive line. Jordan Brooks, you know, maybe is the most important aspect there. Bobby Wagner really coming to his own. That Seattle defense is playing really, really well. And so C.J. Beathard is going to have a hard time uh, against that Seattle defense. And, and conversely, uh, Russell Wilson, while you know he hasn't looked like the Russ from early seasons, uh, from the early season in a little bit here, uh, Chris Carson is running well. And you know it, it's always a potential for Russ to go off when you've got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett on the outside. So um, even though uh, San Francisco played really well against Arizona last week, um, I like Seattle a lot in this matchup. And you know, 
San Francisco is is holding some of their guys out. Even uh, I think Trent Williams is going to be sitting for this one. Um, so you know, anytime you're dealing with an offensive line that's not a full unit, and then going up against a Seattle team that's been, like I said, really really playing well uh, defensively, that's a recipe for disaster for for the 49ers. And that means that Jeffrey Wilson will have a difficult time replicating his success from last week as well. And especially when he's going up against, yeah, we, we just mentioned Jordan Brooks and Bobby Wagner uh, in that linebacking core for Seattle. So really like Seattle in this spot. We're going to go Seahawks 27, 49ers 17. Uh, Seattle's five and a half point favorites. So we're taking them uh, against the spread and straight up. Tennessee at Houston is the next matchup. Now, Houston in this one is uh, seven and a half point underdogs. And, and we just talked about how Tennessee got, got pretty much destroyed uh, by the Packers last week. Uh, this this Houston defense is much, much worse. Um, so this Houston defense will probably get torn apart by Derrick Henry. Their, their run defense has been notoriously bad. But honestly, you know, Corey Davis and, and A.J. Brown, yeah, they didn't look good last week because they were going up against a good Packers secondary. Um, this week, uh, going up against Houston with a lot of injured players on that defense, you know, Tennessee is going to put up some points. Uh, but on the other end of the spectrum, you have a Houston team that has also put up a lot of points week in and week out. They do. Why? Because while the team around him is awful, Deshaun Watson is a superstar at quarterback and a great quarterback on a bad team is the recipe for close losses. And that's what we see a lot with Houston. Um, So in this game, while I I really like Tennessee to win it, I have no doubt that Tennessee will win this game. Um, We mentioned seven and a half point favorites the Titans are. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't love the Tennessee defense and I love Watson. He's got a great connection with Brandon Cooks and he's managing to put points on the board every week. And so, yeah, we're, we're going to take the, the Texans to keep this close. Um, we'll say Titans 31, Texans 28. And so the Titans get the, the straight-up victory, but Houston covers that spread. Uh, so sp- sometimes the spread is so big that it's just like no matter how much you like one side or the other, uh, it, is, it is difficult to take it. Uh, in this next game, we're going to talk about Jacksonville at Indianapolis. The spread for this game is 14 and a half points. Uh, you saw the Colts kind of wilt uh, against the Steelers in the second half there, and, and they lost a, a close one to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I still like this Colts team a ton. I mean, you know, Phillip Rivers, like we, we've been mentioning, he's really connecting with T.Y. Hilton. Jonathan Taylor's coming into his own. Their offensive line is playing good, and, and we love that Colts defense led by Darius Leonard. We love them. Uh, Jacksonville is a team that, I mean, they're the worst team in the league, right? Because they're going to get the number one overall pick. Uh, their defense has played shoddy all season long. Uh, Joe Schobert making some plays last week, but still the defense really, um, you know, just has been, been terrible and their offense has been inconsistent. Um, and, and I like DJ Chark and I like Gardner Minshew and I like James Robinson. Um, but their, their offense has been, you know, kind of inconsistent. So, in this game, going up against a, a really tough Colts defense, you know, I, I like the Colts defense versus the Jacksonville offense. I like the Colts offense against the Jacksonville defense. You think, well, that means it's going to be a blowout. Well, you know, probably a comfortable win for the Colts. 
but there's a couple key factors here that work against the Colts. First off, uh, last week it was Mike Glennon. I don't know if Glennon will be starting at quarterback or if this will be Gardner Minshew. Just to be candid, Gardner Minshew gives the Jaguars a much better shot of winning this game. And at this point, it doesn't matter if the Jags win a game uh, because they're locked in to have the number one pick with the Jets' two wins. Um, so, you know, at, at this point, I, I think the Jags would be in a much better spot to start Minshew. And I hope they do that because it's it's good to get another look at them um, just to see what they've got. Um, maybe put them on display. Maybe somebody else wants them. But at the very least, just to know what you've got. And James Robinson should be in the backfield for Jacksonville in this one. And that's a huge, huge deal. So even though it's a tough Colts defense and, and Indy's making that playoff push, I like the Jags to keep this, you know, close enough. I'm saying it'll definitely be a, a comfortable victory, but 14 and a half points, that's just too much uh, to take on that one. So uh, we're going Colts 28, Jags 16, got Jacksonville covering that 14 and a half point underdog spread. Okay, uh, it takes us to our final game of the week, Washington at Philly. And Washington football team, they control their own destiny. Uh, if they win, they're in. Uh, so, you know, are they going to get it done? Well, they're one and a half point favorites. Um, why are they favored over Philadelphia? Let's talk about this. Well, um, you know, this is probably going to be Alex Smith in this one. Obviously, they, it's not Dwayne Haskins. They cut him loose. Um, so Alex Smith... Who, who, who's going to be a little limited, uh, but, you know, Smith's game is to dink and dunk, um, you know, and, and he can get it to Cam Sims. He can get it to Terry McLaurin, but McLaurin's dealing with injury problems of his own. And Antonio Gibson has been dealing with injury problems of his own. So this Washington football team, their offense is banged up and they're going up against a Philly defense that has a dominant defensive line. We, we always talk about the Washington defensive line, and, and and I love that Washington defensive line. You know I do. Uh, but a, a big factor in this game is that Philly line. Um, you know, Brandon Graham, if Fletcher Cox is healthy for this one, that's a big if, but if he's healthy for this one, that's massive. And Alex Smith isn't going to have the escapability with, with his lack of, of mobility because of his injury uh, to get away. So I, I really look at Philly's defense making some big plays against this Washington football team. Uh, defensively for Washington, yeah, Chase Young is a baller. And so is so is Jonathan Allen. Uh, so is Ryan Kerrigan. So is, you know, this, this entire Washington D-line, Sweat, all these guys, they're awesome. I love them. Um, they're going up against Jalen Hurts. Hurts is the more mobile quarterback in this game, and that's going to factor in huge. Um if, if Doug Peterson knows what he's doing, he's going to uh, try to make Hertz run the ball a lot, and he's trying he's going to try to use that to get Miles Sanders going in the run game as well. These are two dominant defensive lines. Both of these teams have dominant defensive lines. Each offense might struggle, but I think Hertz's mobility is going to be the difference in this game. Now, I know Hertz played terrible in the second half against Dallas. Uh, but he's a young quarterback. You expect to see that once in a while. I'm not saying he's going to play great in this one. I'm going to say Peterson tries to take the ball out of his hands and gives it to Sanders to carry the team. So in this one, I, um, I'm i taking Philly. I'm taking Philly to win straight up. It's an upset special, I guess, because Philly is one and a half point underdogs. So we're taking the Eagles to win this one 
23 to 19. So that is going to do it for all of our picks this week. Now, normally we we do a little segment on fantasy football. Um, and for all of you that play daily fantasy, I mean, uh, you know, that's that's still a thing. Um, but just because uh, the fantasy championship games were, were mostly last week, we're going to skip that part of it uh, this week. And uh, we're just we're going to head uh, straight to to wild card weekend. So we're looking forward to that. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening all year long with us. I hope that you have another great weekend. Enjoy that NFL action. I'll see you right back here. That's right. For wild card weekend. Uh, This has been NFL Picks with Gabe, an everything burrito production.